they come right across the lake that the Shadowhaunt castles. <laughs> wow, interesting hearing that degrade in real time. Hello and welcome to the Magic Wings Clubhouse, a podcast where two best friends get together and recap every episode of the Italian Magical Girl series Wings Club. I'm Brendan, Fairy of the Surging Sea. And I'm Tess, Fairy of the Rolling Stones. Today we are watching Season 2, Episode 5, Magic Bonding. The original Italian title is the same and aired on May 3rd of 2005, while the four kids dub title is Rescuing the Pixies, how original. <laughs> And aired on January 5th of 2005. So, I, I, I think January is correct, but let me tell you something. January? Oh, it is not. I did write it down wrong. I, I must have copied, or the wiki is wrong because I just copied it from there. It should be October 5th of 2005. No way it would have aired before the Italian. That's a remarkable difference. Yeah, uh, well... Again, either I was just completely misreading. It might have been, I might have been looking at when the Cineloom dub finally showed on TV, and that might have been in January of some year. So I might have just gotten the lines doubled. Anyhow, so I did remember to put out the call for listener questions this week. Hurrah! And I understand that we have a few. We have the amount that would require a few, which is a two. Okay. Alright, so our first question comes from B Panda Emoji at JesterB5 on Twitter. And they ask, This isn't much of a question, but I hope you guys are doing well. Thank you. Uh can neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> I'm feeling generally okay. That would reveal my geolocation, and I would not appreciate to do that. Also, Who's your least favorite villain from the Winx franchise? What do you consider a villain? Like, full se- like season-long villain, or just... Well, I mean, I believe that's the intent of the question is, yes, who is the like the, your least favorite series-long, or season-long villain? But I would also qualify Mitzi because she is, you know, the villain of the, of Bloom's, like, human Earth stories. <laughs> and I believe she continues to be so anytime we go back to Earth. Fair enough. Okay, I've not... I've... This is as far as I've seen in Winx Club. I mean, I've watched... I've watched World of Winx. But I don't think you can use um untapped potential as a least favorite. You know? Well, yeah. Because like, if it was mean. untapped potential, then it would be like, oh, the fact that Winx, World of Winx had two seasons, and uh, <laughs> that didn't get resolved very well. So my right. least favorite villain is Netflix. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have an approximate knowledge of Winx Club. Uh. I know, I vaguely know many things. And it's huh. my understanding that the villain of season six is not, is kind of a flat character, 
But of the ones who I've seen, and that would be the Trick Solo, uh, Darkheart, and uh, Valtor, who is the main villain of season three, I guess out of the all of them, Darkheart has the least amount of bearing on the series plot as a whole. Um, he is the best designed of the three oh, groups. Yeah. But I would argue that, um, I don't know. I have to, the answer to your question is, unfortunately, is we'll get back to you <laughs> because I just can't really, I don't have enough firsthand experience. And all I can say is I heard that the villain of season six is very flat. I, I think since I'm, again, not, we're both, neither of us are very versed in this series. It's kind of why we're doing this. Um. Yeah, we both like it. We've never actually watched it. I'm going to throw it out there that... Oh! Oh, hey! You know who my least favorite villain in Winx Club is, actually? Who? Rosalind. Rosalind can kick rocks. <laughs> she counts. As does as do Queen Luna and uh, Andreas. Here's the thing, though. Very effective. They're good at what they do, but they fucking suck. Um, I was actually going to pull out, uh, the current villain for this arc of the story, Princess Amentia. I don't like you. No, I don't like her either. I would have, I would have full on said that you would have said Diaspro for how she shouldn't have been a villain in the first place. I mean, my thoughts and opinions on Diaspro are... Well known, and uh, whenever she pops up as a villain, I will continue to scream at Eugenio Strophy that he shouldn't have done this. <laughs> so I think that takes care of our first question. What is the second? So our second question comes from Crest. Long time no here, buddy. Fate took a lot out of us. Good to good to hear from you, Crest. And his question is: You guys like Darkar's design? Yes. So what's a design like it you wouldn't mind seeing in the future? I mean, I always like when Wings Club remembers that it's a fantasy show. That, like, well, let me rephrase that. It always remembers it's a fantasy show. I like when it does, like, nonsense fantasy video game designs like Lord Darkar. I wish there were more villains who looked like him. I want to see Harpies. You know, that kind of happens in season seven. Damn it. <laughs> I mean, it's not like a full thing, but no, you should, that's a good thing, because that means you'll actually get to see a Anne Harpy. It feels like a lot of the villains have been land or sea-based. Attack from the skies. <laughs> yeah, Harpy's attack. One if I land, two if I see, three if by sky. Oh no, sky. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, I do like, I like the designs that are based off of quote-unquote established fantasy characters. Like, it'd be neat to also see maybe like a gnome rebellion. I'm doing weird jazz hands that you can't see. I think the Lynx have fought vampires in the comics, but I would like to see them take on vampires in the show. Vampires in the masquerade. Paper faces on parade. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, really, I just want more of these, like, 
weird high fantasy designs. And I'm a big fan of creatures. Spelled with a K, I assume. And a Z, also. Speaking of creatures. Is it the woo? Yes, it is. Come join the club. We are the weeks. But yeah, thank you for your questions. Um, If you have anything you would like to send our way, please uh, don't hesitate to tag us on Twitter at MagicWinksPod, or you can email us at MagicWinksClubhouse at gmail.com. That is the name of this podcast, at gmail.com. Let's get into the episode. Uh, we begin on the surface with Stella, Aisha, Bloom, and Sky, where they ended up after fleeing a cave-in last episode. Uh, the passage they use has been sealed off, so Sky asks if Stella can just use her scepter to teleport them to where the pixies are. Since that would negate the entirety of the last two episodes if she could do that, uh, we learn that Stella's teleportation works on Nightcrawler rules, where she kind of has to know where she's going for it to work. So they're going to have to manually climb down to the bottom of a nearby valley and hope that the... Uh, uh, the shadow cat button that Coda Torta gave the specialists will let them know th- clip through the floor and directly to the boss fight with Bowser. <laughs> they just backwards long jump all the way up those damn stairs. Something about delayed pressing A? I don't know. In Darkrai's castle, we have a moment with the pixies who are being taunted by a bunch of curbogs. We get to see those quirky personalities in full force. Ah, they sound like Rugrats extras. Somehow it's more tolerable in the 4Kids dub. They're trying less hard to sound cutesy, I think. Yep, so Chatta never shuts up. Digit only talks in computer puns, which I kind of appreciate, but also shut up, Digit. And Toon is obsessed with being proper. We do get genuine emotional stakes, though, since Laquette is more than a little traumatized about the prospect of being drained of power until she's a husk. (laughs) Like, what's implied to have happened to the other pixies that were captured so far. Did you notice that it cut over to, like, one of the other laser cages and there were just a pair of floating shoes and a hat? Yeah, I'm like, I was joking about them being eaten. (laughs) Yeah, that was, that was jarring. Yeah, uh, so Darkar has a magical video feed into the cage. He got a ring uh, ring alarm system installed. And finds their situation amusing since he'd let them go if they just cooperated. He transforms into a cobra, which um my note says, oh god, it's Schnizaga. Mm-hmm. That bus plays on a loop all the time in my head. I don't know what that, I don't get the uh, reference. Uh, Billy and Mandy, it's basically a Tsuchinoko, but Canadian. Uh. he then shapeshifts into a cobra to menace the pixies pixies more directly and teleports into the cell room i did not know at first that this was him neither did i i thought i thought he just conjured one he mentioned that he has someone to take care of them and then the snake appears but wait it just has his face but a creepy snake tongue and no thanks um, so I know just the person Chata, to deal with them. Me. Chatta is confident that their energy cage will keep Darkar out, but since it's his energy cage, he slithers right through and starts directly taunting them and threatens to eat Lockett. This is a kid's show. 
He does the, like, the alien's tongue thing. Except instead of, you know, there's a, a smaller mouth on the end of the tongue, it's just a snake tongue, but it's still creepy. She, Lockett nearly cracks, but Chatter realizes that if any of them break, it's curtains for the whole group, and manages to keep Lockett from talking. Darkar is annoyed at this and threatens that when the time comes, Chatter will be the first to go, and he leaves the cage. In four kids... I liked how four kids actually handled this, because it, it made a little bit more sense. They give him wrong information. Yeah, Chatter just lies. Remember, kids, it's okay to lie to a bad guy. I mean, also, Darkar said something that I didn't understand. So I'm just like, Darkar, what do you mean? As in, you you didn't understand what he was saying, or you physically could not process what he was saying? I couldn't understand the words that were coming out of his mouth. Mm, that's fair. He was like, I knew, I, I knew they were English, but I couldn't. I couldn't. Back with the adventuring party, Sky advises Stella that she should probably stay topside, but Stella insists that she's going to go back underground and get Brandon, and she's not going to wait for the others to do so. She, uh, Sinaloom Stella calls Amentia a fish face tramp, and I nearly spat out my drink. <laughs> like, that is strong language for a kid's show. Uh... Aisha stops them from having to manually climb down, though, because she finds a plank of wood that is conveniently snowboard-shaped. This reminded me of nothing more than um, the sandboarding segment in Spongebob, where life is as extreme as you want to make it. Girls. And Sky. So yeah, there's an extreme sports montage. Uh, Sky and Aisha are basically Olympic snowboarders, but Bloom and Stella, uh, aren't. <laughs> like, I'm just, just sit on the damn thing. Just toboggan down. Uh, Bloom fails to stick the dismount. She falls flat on her face, but that is still better than Stella, who, like, somersaults through the air and hits a rock... Which, yeah. first of all, that can kill you. Stella just broke her back right there. Which was cut from the four kids dub. No, it wasn't. Oh, it wasn't? Maybe I just didn't notice it. I have something to talk about in the four kids. Don't you worry. It was a good bit of physical comedy. Um, She also cracks the rock, and it, it, apparently the rock there is very brittle. Which means that it'll be easy to use the, uh, the no-clip button. And it has 25 seconds worth of charge. So they've got 25 seconds after they hit the button to get down into a cave, basically. Otherwise, they'll be trapped in the rocks forever. Uh, uh, that's, that's a, I mean, they'll also be dead, so at least there's that. <laughs> uh, they won't be alive in there the whole time. Okay, so, in four kids. First things first, that music was horrible. Mm. Like, it would have been fine without the lyrics. With the lyrics, it's awful. With the lyrics and the singer somehow being off-key? Which is fascinating when you're making the song yourself and you have control over that. Unless they didn't have the money. They didn't have the money to, to melodyne it. It sounded like she was singing to a completely different song. 
which she may have been. In Four Kids, Stella does mention that having a hard head is good. It looks like I cracked this rock. And then Skye's like, that's not a rock. These are petrified monster droppings. Ah, uh, I miss... You know, I, I heard that, but I didn't look at the screen. Which means there are tunnels nearby. How does that mean there are tunnels nearby? I guess they have to come up to the surface to poop. They can only poop in sunlight. Basically, they all go through a portal at the same time, which would, I think, hint that they'd come out at the same time, but apparently not. They get underground, and we have a fake out where it looks like Stella didn't make it. But she falls to the ceiling a second later, no worse for wear. Bloom goes to help her up, and Stella explains that a worm crawled through her while she was passing through the ground. We almost had a fucking fly situation. (laughs) Bloom picks it out of her hair. This gives them a laugh to break the tension, and in a lucky twist of fate that says we need to get this subplot over with, they're right across the underground lake from the Shadowhawk Castle. As you do. They'll have to, of course, cross a rickety old rope bridge to get there. A classic beat for any adventure movie. Just keep moving, don't look down. <laughs> uh, you know, just a rickety bridge over a Portland Lake of Lava. I, I, I have a confession to make. You know, okay. You know, ogres have layers. Uh, donkeys, we don't have layers. <laughs> Aisha warns them that the bridge is gonna swing like a boat in a hurricane, and Sinaloom Bloom says it's no problem because she used to spend her summer at Six Flags as Hurricane Harbor trademark. That, that, that sucked me in the gut when I heard that. Uh, right? Um, four kids obviously skips over the Six Flags reference and brings in a water park, and Sky is very confused by that. Yeah, Sky doesn't understand what a water park is. Stella complains about how long this would take on foot, but Bloom argued a bit earlier that if they transform now, they may not have enough magic left to actually save the pixies, so they're stuck doing things like normal people. For now. Stella says they'd better get the pixies before Brandon says I do, and that makes a very convenient segue to get back to Downland. So Brandon is being measured for his wedding outfit by the royal tailors, and in the process we have a few gags where he gets stabbed by the pins. Uh, in, the f- in- I know we're both trying to say the same thing. <laughs> in four kids, he needs his vitamin shots. Uh, so Brandon demands to speak to the princess so that he can try and talk some sense into her. And the tailors argue that she will punish them if they don't get his outfit sorted out. Brandon cares not for the plight of the newt people and throws a bolt of cloth across the room. And when the tailors go to collect it, that is when the princess makes her appearance. Uh, She threatens one of the tailors for his imperfect hair. And all I can remember is she's going to dip him in boiling oil, which that's bleak. Oh, and someone at Cineloom, someone high up, I think, looked at the script and said, can we put more jokes in this? She threat. it's like one of those um, arson, murder, and jaywalking uh, trope lists where it's like, I'm going to, I don't know, like, I'm going to... <laughs> I don't know what that's not a serious punishment, but it <laughs> I'm going to No, do you wanna know what my brain's first thought was for this joke? 
It was, first, I'm going to wax off your eyebrows. Okay, I've recovered. Wow. <laughs> like Don't you're trying do that. to put it. Don't do that, or people are gonna point and go, "There's no eyebrows, Steve." <laughs> you got no eyebrows. I thought you were over this. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the structure is like, I'm going to, first I'm going to tear you apart with my claws, then I'm going to dip you in scalding hot oil, and then I'm going to take away your health insurance. And in this day and age. I mean, she's, that, that, that does make her a monster. I mean, yes. (sighs) I'll take away your health insurance after I've done all these horrible things to you. Uh, There's a lot of like joke jokey jokes in this episode in the cineloom dub and there hasn't been before so it's a little jarring actually i think it's to show how or like to remind the kids how comically evil amentia is i guess but kids wouldn't really understand why i'm going to take away your health benefits is a bad thing that's for the parents uh brandon asks if they can have a word in private and Amentia tells him they'll have an entire lifetime ahead for private conversations. We cut to Alfia, where Tecna is fresh clean from shower. I'm gonna leave that in. She wore heels in the shower. I like this robe. It's a cute robe. It it matches her colors well. I'd rather it be a little <laughs> longer, because it feels kind of weird having a robe that short. But... Yeah, it's a good thing this isn't live action. Anyway, Kiko, good freaking lord, Kiko, grabs her attention and directs it towards her computer, which apparently blue screened while she was away and is now having trouble connecting. To what? We just don't know. Uh, she steps outside onto the balcony to try and get a better signal. That um, Does she not have the Wi-Fi connection? Does she need to use 4G? So, I think... Now, this is 2005. So maybe they're assuming that Wi-Fi works like uh, cell reception worked at that point. You know, where it was generally a little bit better outside. Musa, the Wi-Fi is down and I think I'm about to turn into a pretty cure. Mm. A little blonde pixie smacks right into the back of her laptop. This was funny. I like this pixie. I feel like Tecna's line in Cineloom would have been a little bit better if it had been delivered with a little bit more finesse. Because what she what she says is, oh, looks like a new piece of hardware has been installed. But in the very flat Cineloom Techna delivery, <laughs> where she reads everything very literally. Oh, it looks like a new piece of hardware has been installed, says Cineloom Techna in that cadence and delivery. <laughs> Beepoop <clears throat> am robot. I am logical. Techna peels her off the computer Looney Tunes style and Musa asks what her name is. Musa's here, by the way. The pixie seems to have gotten a minor concussion, however, because after a second of uncoordinated flight, she passes out. She comes to a bit later and introduces herself as... Livy. Livy, okay. I didn't catch that. 
she doesn't actually say her name for a little while. I don't she know just... if it actually comes up until a little bit later. But she, in the four kids dub, she does introduce herself right away. She comes to a little later and introduces herself as Libby, the pixie of messages. She wasn't present for the festival with the other pixies because she was, ironically enough, recovering from a different head injury. She needs a helmet. She was sent to Althea to get help by a small group of pixies who weren't at the festival either. Livy is overjoyed to see that Piff is with Tecna and Musa, and she tackle hugs the baby pixie while sobbing for joy. Musa asks if they should also tell her about the Aisha situation and her condition, and Tecna says they should probably just wait a little bit. In Four Kids, there's some foreshadowing? Maybe? Is it foreshadowing if they just say something? I don't think so. Because they mentioned Realm of the Relix or something to that nature. Oh yeah, that is um, that is the main conflict of season two. Cool. Livy says that she was sent to Althea to deliver a message to Farragonda from, I think, the elder of the Pixie li- Village about the Realm of the Relix. Also, off screen, they just explained the whole situation, so everything's fine. I guess. Yeah, uh, Four Kids is... We'll also see this a little bit later with something that is... It's a huge spoiler when it... Like, it's a big dramatic reveal when it eventually comes to light what happens with that character. But Four Kids just says, no, we're gonna we're gonna blow the reveal right here. Which I guess creates dramatic irony, but gets rid of any tension. It's at this moment that I notice... That four kids has gotten significantly better this season. Uh, as far as the dialogue goes, yes, it has. Yes. Yeah the the first season four kids dub is very cringy. They're trying too hard to be hip and with it for two thousand four. You ever think about how the fact that there that uh, this takes place in two thousand four, and Bloom is sixteen means that she is was born in 1988. She's not that much older than us. In theory. She's in her 30s. Yeah. Much like Abigail Cowan. Um, <laughs> live action Bloom. Not a bad casting choice, actually. So we return to the Underdark and uh, cross that brickety bridge. Or try to. Uh, Stella is lagging behind Bloom and Sky, and despite objections that she's fine, she's pretty visibly staggering and using the bridge's chains to hold herself up. Uh, the four kids dub explains that, like, apparently Stella has a fear of heights, which is ironic when you can fly. Nah. And that's why she's acting like this? It's different when you can see what you're over. Ah, that's true. Aisha says that she's going to go on ahead. And she produces a Tarzan vine from nowhere. As you do. It's just a rope. I guess she packed her hook shot. Like Brandon did. Remember him? And she just, she just does a Tarzan. And like swings three stories up. And lands at the window to the Pixies' uh, cell room. Brenda, no, will get sued by the Edgar Rice Burroughs estate. 
<laughs> what are we, Kingdom Hearts 1? Ah. So the Pixies are really happy to see her again, and Lockett once again points out the seal that powers the force field around their cell. Which looks very familiar. It's just an evil face. It kind of looks like Skeletor. Mm-hmm. Meh. Uh, this was also shown in, I think, like episode one or two. Venom. Yeah, it does kind of look like Venom. Uh, but instead of Eddie, uh, we're dealing with Aisha. <laughs> so Aisha gets a solo transformation and has this really cool backing track to it that is going to pop up repeatedly throughout this season. Yeah, it's got, it's really horn heavy. It's really cool. Uh, so Aisha fires off a few laser beams, but uh, these cages resist magic. She attacks the seal with a couple of laser beams. Uh, it claps and eats a few fish. And it also... <laughs> Thank you for getting... <laughs> the seal seems to be just as magic resistant as the cage itself. So Aisha decides that if she can't use magic, she's just gonna get physical. So Olivia Newton-John comes in. Olivia Newton-John and Dua Lipa... Down with the other explorers, Bloom and Sky have made it across the bridge, and Stella is slowly but surely bringing up the rear. Aha! They make to go find Aisha, but Bloom and then Sky are both hit by blasts of very familiar pink lightning. After three episodes, here they are! The tricks emerge from the shadows, gloating about their escape from the Light Rock Monastery. Icy declares that she'll finally settle the score, and conjures some very large and very sharp-looking ice spick- spike- thick That's a slur. <laughs> and conjures some very large and very sharp-looking ice spikes. In one of the dubs, I can't remember which, Sky just goes, Look out, she's about to attack! Thank you. I think it might have been four kids, in which case, thank you, Dan Green. <laughs> A quick cut shows Laquette focusing her own power against the cell walls, but she can't find any weaknesses at all, and worse, the walls will also absorb any magic used against them. Aisha decides that this means she needs to get physical, and we, st- we do this whole thing over again, I guess. Um, she gets sent flying back by an energy backlash, and she has a nasty burn on her arm as well. At this point in four kids, they're free. <laughs> Yeah, apparently Aisha managed to actually, like, like she got burned by it, but she succeeded in, like, smashing the cage open with her elbow in the four kids dub. No, she did not. That just happened to be when Darkar lowered the gates. Oh, right. He set them free on purpose. Did he set them free in Sinaloom? We're not sure. It's kept ambiguous, like, you know, competently written things should be. Oh, four kids take two steps forward and three steps back off a cliff. So another cut to the main combat set piece of this episode. Uh, Bloom and Stella transform. But unfortunately, the Trace's new Gloomix boosted magic means they are just way stronger than Bloom and Stella, who's already starting to suffer from vitamin D deficiency again. 
This guy uses his boomerang to try and make the bridge collapse on Icy, but in one of the coolest moves we've seen yet, she doesn't even look at the bridge as it swings towards her. She just raises her hand, freezes it in place, and shatters it. I love Icy so much. This was a really cool fight scene, but in four kids, the, um, and not, no, no, not even four kids, in, in Simulum, the audio was weirdly choppy. Yeah, I think the version of this episode we watched might have been, like, a touch corrupted. Not completely, but just a little bit. Poquito corruption. Also, in Four Kids, at some point, Sella just goes, You ripped my favorite khakis! Who are you? So, Aisha tries to join in on the fight, and there's actually a cute little exchange in Four Kids, where the tricks go, Who's the new girl? What, who, never mind, we're just going to kick her ass. <laughs> uh, but even um, Sneak Attack can't help Aisha. And it looks like this might be the end for our adventuring party. Until St. Michael the f***ing Archangel shows up. <laughs> I was, it's the Archangel Raphael here to punish the tricks for their transgressions against God. Yeah. Yeah, just just a dude who's glowing with holy light and has giant feathered wings. Okay. Uh, the Four Kids dub does clarify that this man is a paladin. I don't know what level paladin feature lets you grow wings and fly, but it's cool. Uh, anyhow, uh, he one-shots the tricks and, like, traps them in a light ball and bowls them off to be dealt with later. Yeah, the, the tricks get yeeted into the sun. Uh, so he heals Aisha and Stella, frees Bloom from a paralysis spell that Darcy had used, and frees Sky from one of Icy's patented ice cages. Bloom thanks him for saving them, and Sky asks if he's one of the master Templars of Light Rock. The Weed Stranger says that that isn't the case, and when Bloom asks his name, he claims in that cryptic bullshit fantasy way that all will be revealed in time. And then he flies off to save the day. Cause, you know, being Harvey Birdman is busy. He has to go he has a court appointment uh that he needs to take care of. Um, at one point during the fight, I just noticed this because my um uh Icy says after she has trapped um Sky in Ice you're also chivalrous, aren't you? But she says, sh it sounds like she says chivalrous. Yeah, she's making a pun. But um, Tish. I actually thought on the scale of four kids' puns, that one wasn't bad. <laughs> uh, so after Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, wings away. Uh, Bloom and Stella look a little bit infatuated because uh, we are informed he is very handsome. And uh, I, I guess so. I don't know. He was very shiny. There is a group of silhouettes flying out of the castle and Sky tells everyone to brace themselves for shadow monsters. But it's actually the Pixies who are now free. Aisha introduces them to Stella, Bloom, and Sky. And Amore takes an instant interest in Stella who finds her absolutely adorable. Aisha explains that this is how fairy pixie bonding works. An instant unbreakable bond at first sight, like between a full-grown werewolf and a vampire baby. Wow, not even a laugh I'm, from you. Okay. I'm going to eat you into the sun. 
We're all allowed to make fun of Stephanie Meyer's weird Mormonism, okay? <laughs> uh, so Lockett also bonds with Bloom. And when Aisha asks how the Pixies escaped, Digit tells her that the cage just disappeared. Uh, and when Aisha asks if the uh, Deus Ex Machina also got the Pixies like it helped them, apparently it didn't. So the Pixies just kind of got loose. Uh, Stella interrupts this train of thought, however, because now that they have the Pixies, it's time to save Brandon. Sky agrees that this is their next priority, and they are off to Downland, which is where the episode ends. So what's the best? It's, a, it's honestly a toss-up between... The trick's finally coming back. Mm-hmm. Or, and, you know what, no, no and. No and. It's the trick showing up again. They've been teased for two f***ing episodes. They've been lost in these caves for God knows how long. Uh, my best for this episode is... Let me just look back over it. Honestly, as clunky as it was, I did appreciate that the Cineloom dub is trying to be funny. <laughs> like, they're not, like, knee slappers, but there is an attempt being made and I can respect that. I have done a chuckle or two. Yeah, between, um, between Stella and Livy both, like, full body, like frog on a window <laughs> slapping against things there seems to also be like the show is making an attempt at more physical comedy oh darn ah there's something i wanted to mention but it, you didn't because it didn't do you remember what it was while aisha was trying to get the uh pixies out she says stand back and they don't move <laughs> they just stay there anyway Worst moment, my worst really, is uh, I'm I'm going to pull this once, and only once. The Pixies' voices, <laughs> horrible. Do not like. Do not want. I reject. Uh, my worst is, uh, and you'll notice we didn't mention it. Like we didn't explicitly call it out. But uh, my worst is that four kids totally just like they they spoil a major plot point. And I guess you would have to know what happens later in season two to uh, to identify that it is a spoiler. But let's just say that they had Darkar say something that is going to be a major reveal, like three quarters of the way through the through the season. This episode? Yes, they did. Oh, would that you, might be my thing for what Dark Heart with the bus did you mean? Uh, would you like me to just, we, we'll cut this, but would you like me to tell you what? I'm going to forget it, so. Or Okay. Or something along those lines. Good worse. Thank you. Uh, who's your MVP for the episode? The Archangel Raphael! He does good work in Persona. <laughs> who's, your, who's your best MVP? Uh, hmm. I think I'm going to give it to Aisha. To be fair, yeah. 
She's cool. She kicks ass. She gets stuff done. Oh, another thing. I, I, I could have bested this as well, but I also forgot about it. Four Kids completely has gotten rid of the Bloom jealous of Aisha for talking to Sky subplot. Oh, yeah. That's gone. I, I, it only came up like twice last episode, too. And it came up again this episode. Oh, it did. I didn't notice. After um, after they snowboard down the um, the ramp, the, the side of the cliff, when Bloom gets up, she immediately gets between her Aisha and Sky. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Like shoving her out of the way. Maybe I'm just on the lookout for it, but that's what I read. We plug the show socials at the top of the episode, so if you'd like to follow me, Brendan, individually who used to only <laughs> post about contract writers, which was my weekly tabletop RPG that is now over. <sighs> We're going to have to do Curse of Strahd out of context. We're going to have to. We're going to have to make content. Um, well, I'm dude, we have, like, we have three artists on our team. I know, but we're going to have to do uh, out of context posts because they're just funny. They're a special joke just for us. Uh, you can follow me at Sonata Waves, S-O-N-A-T-A-W-A-V-E-S. You can follow me, Tess, on Twitter for various things like, oh, I don't know, uh, gay stuff, very gay stuff, and remarkably gay stuff, at Pocky Slice, that is Pocky, like the delicious Japanese snack. Slice as in slicing up a cannon to make it work on your own? I don't... <laughs> All right. So, that's it for this week. Join us uh, next time for episode six, Runaway Groom. Not the movie. I wonder what's with, gonna uh, happen. Not that one movie from the nineties. That's I can't remember who even stars in it. So this joke is falling apart. Meeting <laughs> adjourned. Open your eyes. But Bloom argued a bit earlier that if they're transformed now, they may not have a much... A much? A much. <laughs>